WVUAFM, Tuscaloosa. Hello, everybody. This is WVUA 90.7 FM, the Capstone, and welcome to episode number 52 of the Full Court Press Podcast. Yeah. My name is Jamie Martinez, and I'm joined by Alex Chasen and Nick Atkinson. To stay up to date, make sure to follow us on Instagram at fcppodcast underscore UA. With that being said, let's get into it. We have yet another trade in the NBA before the season begins. That one happening today, per Woj, the Houston Rockets are trading guard Kevin Porter Jr. We've been expecting this. He's been reported that they're going to trade him the Rockets. And two future second-round picks to the OKC Thunder in exchange for Rockets guard Victor Oladipo and big man Jermaine Robinson Earl in the trade. With that, the OKC Thunder are not keeping the pretty good could-be backup point guard. They are immediately releasing him, making Kevin Porter Jr., KPJ, an unrestricted free agent. And as you can see, they had to throw in two second-round picks because no one wants him because of his history, causing problems. We've talked about him last year. We talked about him over the summer. We talked about him at the beginning of our podcast coming back into this school year. KPJ, a great player, has the potential to be something special. All the intangibles are there, but he cannot get his act together off the court. A lot like Miles Bridges, who also had something come up, mm-hmm. but sticking with KPJ, where will he end up? I don't even know. Honestly, it, it really depends on if a team wants to completely set aside his uh, locker room issues and out-of-basketball issues and just focus strictly on the young talent. That is Kevin Porter Jr., 6'5 guard, do it all on offense, phenomenal score. Uh, he can handle the rock, but he, like Alex said, he has all the intangibles in the world. It's just off the court, he is not a great Person. Like, per- person, yeah. As much as I hate to say it, he's not a very he's good a person. Yeah. So he's a big bad guy, uh, if we want to put it that way. So if a team wants to pick him up, I don't know who would want to set aside those issues. But Well, you know, um, the Clippers signed Josh Primo after like oh, all that's that true. stuff. So, Another guy who had some, you know, some issues. Roll Tide. We could see maybe a team like, a, you know, a lower-level contender would maybe uh, consider signing him, you know. He's really good. I mean, he could – be a six-man of any team in the league. So I think he'll get picked up at some point of the season. I agree. I might be mixing up last year's shows with this one, but it was relatively recent. It was either the end of last year or coming into this year. We talked about how he has, like, a really weird contract. Yeah. A very weird one, almost like an NFL contract. I remember Jamie explained it. I think it was within the past few months I we've been back. It was either early this year or, like, late, last, late year. last year. But either way, KPJ was the only NBA player to have a true – non-guaranteed contract for this exact reason too many off-court issues leading him to be traded from the Rockets it was reported a few weeks ago that the Rockets are trying to find a partner for KPJ and there it is to the OKC Thunder immediately immediately released but let's talk about the other side the other side of this coin the OKC Thunder sorry excuse me the Rockets get Victor Oladipo and Jermaine Robinson Earl I like that uh, Oladipo, I'm not sure how much he's going to play. He's really one of the best guards of the 2010s, but injuries have really set him down, uh, especially he was playing for Miami last year, went down right before the playoffs, um, and that hurt. That that sucks to see. He goes back to the Rockets. Maybe he can contend or bring some veteran leadership. And Jeremiah Robinson Earl, I like what he could do. He's a, a, an, another young big that could do some good things. He still has a lot to prove on the court, and I think he could progress well with that young Rockets team. What do you think, Nick? 
Um, yeah, I feel like Oladipo will end up getting traded or bought out or something. Cause That's what happened last time he was yeah, in Houston. I just don't, I don't see him <clears throat> staying here. You know, he'll probably go to a contender as well. Um, so that's what I think will happen. Jeremiah Robinson, although he'll be he'll be pretty good. Uh, as far as backup centers, I think he'll be pretty good because I don't really know who they have at backup center right now. So they got Shangun. Shangun's a starter. Yeah, I don't yeah, know who I their know. backup is. I think it's it Jr. could definitely yeah. contend for that backup spot. He could. I mean, he had some good rotational minutes last year. But now let's get into the news. And now that the season is basically here, it starts in a week. Each show we're going to be coming in with a few different nuggets from each of us instead of just me doing all the news and these two just listening to me and then they give their takes. We're all gonna kinda give some news that we feel strongly about. Starting off with my Boston Celtics. They add Jeff Van Gundy as a senior consultant. As we all know, the 61-year-old was let go by ESPN. They were doing all those cost-cutting moves to pay Pat McAfee. They said it wasn't for that, but I mean, where'd all the money go? Pat McAfee. So after 16 years with the network, he's gone as the analyst. And where'd he go? went to the Boston Celtics. But before that, he was a coach for 11 seasons in the NBA, went 430 with 318 losses with the New York Knicks and the Houston Rockets. He's at 44 and 44 playoff record, so he's 500. Nothing like, you know, amazing, but that's pretty darn good. How many coaches go at least 500 in the playoffs? Not many. Won the championship with the Spurs. This man has done it all, and he's back, not in a coaching position, but as a senior consultant, and this is just another level of the Boston Celtics adding immense aid with Joe Mazzulla. What do you guys think about Jeff Van Gundy, the amazing basketball mind, coming to the Boston Celtics as a consultant and someone who can help Joe Mazzulla become a better coach and maybe become one of the best coaches in the league? Um, well, I think it'll be good for the team just because, you know, that you lose, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, the coach that left last year to go coach college. Uh, oh, Damon Stoudemire. Damon Stoudemire, he was really good. Um, you also added... We lost all the staff from last year because yeah. they went to the Rockets with Ime, Ime Udoka yeah, exactly. after last year. So, I mean, you had somebody with, you know, as good of a background as what you said he had, and then Missoula could use that type of presence in the locker room, you know, with it being his second season. And they had a pretty good season last year with it being his first season. So, I think I think it, they... Excuse me. I think it can't be anything but beneficial for signing him, so... I really like that because you got a guy with a ton of NBA coaching experience to help out a second-year head coach who uh, definitely got outcoached in the playoffs, and now he is the senior consultant of a team that has all the championship hopes in the world in the Boston Celtics. So Van Gundy is going to be a great option. He took the Knicks to a championship in 99, and I think he could take the Celtics, help out Joe Mazzulla, uh, help out the Celtics go to a championship in 2023. So I think it'll be interesting. Yes, sir. So uh, let's move into my news now. First off, not the craziest news in the world, but something pretty substantial for one of the top teams in the Western Conference, that being Najee Marshall of the New Orleans Pelicans suffering a leg injury in a preseason game, and he was wheelchaired off of the court. It was a very rough scene. Uh, did not like to see it at all. He's a uh, forward on the Pelicans. He gets decent rotational minutes. But what really sucks is that the Pelicans have been dealing with a ton of injuries recently. Now you have Najee Marshall to add alongside Trey Murphy, who's their young forward and guard, uh, who showed a lot last year. Jose Alvarado, their star, uh, six-man premier defensive player. Uh, They had an update come out on Najee Marshall saying, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans announced today that forward Najee Marshall, who hyperextended his right knee during the second quarter of yesterday's preseason game against the Atlanta Hawks, has been diagnosed with a bone bruise following an MRI. 
MRI taken this morning. Marshall will be reevaluated in two weeks. So they're going to be without their guy for a couple weeks going into the start of the season, which does suck. I will say that, but hopefully this team can get better with that injury bug because it's definitely haunted them for a while. So at least Zion's not hurt yet. Knock on wood. Yeah, definitely. Brandon Ingram too. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I completely agree because it's not so much about Najee Marshall. Not that he's not like an impactful player, but he's not a super impactful player. He's a good rotational player. But like you were saying, Jamie, it's just the whole package of guys like Trey Murphy III being injured. A true guy who got big rotational minutes last year with B.I. missing time. Zion, who isn't hurt yet, but he's also always a question mark how much he's going to play. Jose Alvarado already being hurt. And I believe Herb Jones... I forget if he's just got healthy or he was hurt or he already is hurt. I don't know. I'm not sure. But the whole team kind of always suffers from something going on, so not a good look coming into the season. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but it's I mean I guess it's better to be coming into the season without without the players and ending the season with it because mm -hmm. you know even with the the rush they have now they'll be able to win a couple games without without some role players. You know maybe they could sign some people. Um, Kevin Porter Jr. <laughs> Terrence Davis. You know, there's a lot oh, of good yeah, players that are name. still sitting in free agency that you could sign to just, you know, even a 10-day contract. So. Yeah, because they were a top team in the Western Conference when they were fully healthy last year to begin the season. I, I want to see how Troy Daniels takes this opportunity because mm -hmm. he's gonna obviously get more minutes. And he wasn't bad last year. He was kind of like a project draft pick for the Pelicans from Australia. Oh, Dyson Daniels? What did I say? You said Troy. Oh, yeah, Dyson Daniels. Daniels. I like Dyson Daniels a lot. Him Big guard. Him and Jordan Hawkins. Jordan mm -hmm. Hawkins. They're going to be, really be getting some minutes right away coming in because with all these guys out, it's going to be nice to see how they can handle that. Yeah, big opportunity here for guys like Dyson Daniels. Uh, another, another piece of news, we continue talking about the James Harden drama out in Philadelphia for the 76ers, and it keeps getting updated. James Harden says his relationship with uh, general manager Daryl Morey cannot be repaired. In a quote, he said, This is in life. When you lose trust in someone, it's like marriage. I wanted to retire a sixer, and the front office didn't have that in their future plans, says James Harden per Shams Sharania. Uh, Harden, at one point, everybody thought he was going to play for the Sixers. Before that, nobody thought he was going to play for the Sixers. And now it looks all muffled. Um, we are unsure of James Harden's plans. It's all over the place. I still think the Clippers can put together an offer for the all greatest one of the greatest shooting guards of all time. Um, there's a lot going down. What do you guys think? I think he's staying. Really? I mean, in practice, he's smiling. Not saying he loves it there, but he likes it enough to act like he enjoys it. And if he really – and, again, I'm completely in the middle on this because he just confuses me more and more with this whole situation. But he showed up in Colorado because he had to or issues could come along with his contract. But And he looked pretty happy. So it shows maybe he doesn't hate his teammates. He just hates Daryl Morey. So if he can just stay with that – again, that's like a toxic relationship to not – be close with your general manager that's the guy that makes a lot of decisions around you for the players you play with but if you can keep a good relationship with Joel Embiid which I'm not sure how confident I feel about that and the rest of that team you need James Harden at the end of the day you could get a good package back or some good role players but if he can put aside I think he's going to want to trade regardless he's going to want to trade until he's gone but if he can put aside that and play basketball and just play well with his teammates while we still hoping to get a trade I think things will work out in Philadelphia like I said He's not afraid to say he wants a trade, but if he can be businesslike like in any other business and play his job and do his job while he's hoping to get traded, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, what do you think, Nick? I don't think he'll be staying. Uh, I think he'll be getting traded. Um, and just reason being for that, we've seen a lot of just Daryl Moore is really close to pulling pulling the uh, trigger on the trade. but I think he wants to go. 
Who? He wants to keep James Harden. Yeah, well, Harden don't want to play. Exactly. So. Well, he is, he's going to play, though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he'll play, but he'll play disgruntled. We've seen Harden on two different teams now. Whenever <clears> he doesn't want to play, he just plays awful. So... And then he'll force his way out, and then he'll go to the Clippers. So He's going to put on another fat suit. Like, like, I agree with you, but like from what I've seen so far, and again, the regular season hasn't hit, he hasn't even played in a, in a preseason game, but from what I've seen so far on the outside looking in, it seems like he's treating this as we all know he wants out, but he's going to be a professional in play. Well, that's how he was on Houston and Brooklyn. He, but he got big. He'll get big again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think he's I mean, afraid of that. He's not worried about that. He they got go some cheesesteaks out there in Philadelphia. And clubs, too. Yep. So he'll, he'll be going out. I mean, what throws me off is saying I wanted to retire a sixer in the front office didn't have BS that in their future that. plans. I mean, you never know. James Harden will say anything, but yeah. who knows. Um, all right, so the last thing that we have to say is Clay Thompson and the Golden State Warriors are not close on years or money in a contract negotiation. Um, as we know, the Warriors just won a title two or three years ago, and Clay Thompson wasn't necessarily a huge part of that, but, I mean, for the other three titles, he was, you know, the second or third option. So I think it's a pretty a pretty big deal. What do you guys think? I think it's a humongous deal because it all stems that you already traded away the guy who was getting, becoming better than Clay Thompson at times in Jordan Poole. He's gone, <laughs> traded him for Chris Paul. And let's just say, hypothetically, Clay Thompson becomes an unrestricted free agent next offseason and he walks, which I doubt. At the end of the day, I think things will work out, but he's right now he's on a five-year, $189 million contract. It's his last year, making $43 million. He's not going to get anywhere close to that. He's going to maybe get four years, 120, which for today's market in the NBA is kind of low, but I don't see him getting anywhere close to what he was getting paid before. Draymond Green just got four for 120. I think Clay could get like four for – no, Dre got four for 100. I think Clay could get four for 120, but – I just don't see a way where he's not a warrior. I think things will work out. Because I can't even think of, like, where he'd go. There's really no... L.A., that's it. Yeah. his dad played there. It's only... I he think was rumored to be a Laker If anything, the way they structured Chris Middleton's contract in Milwaukee, I think they could swap him for Clay Thompson. And that would be great. I hope not. I mean, yeah, I think they'd be a lot better than they are now. Yeah, it's definitely a weird situation. I find it hard to imagine Klay Thompson retiring anywhere but Golden State or playing anywhere uh, but Golden State for that matter. But if he does, I think L.A. is where he'd want to be. He was rumored to go to the, the Lakers before he signed that contract extension. It's where his dad played. I could see him wanting to end his career there. Uh, but at the same time, he's a he's a splash bro, and I don't know if he wants to leave Golden State. So I'm sure something will work out in the long run. They still have time to negotiate. I think if anyone budges, it's going to be Klay Thompson because he wants to stay. Yeah, exactly. So, again, it's early, but it's definitely some news because if they're not even close on years or money, everything that's involved in a contract. So it's going to be interesting to see how Mike Dunleavy, the new GM take, taking over for Bob Marks, handles that. But now let's get into the main topic for today's show, our Eastern Conference final standing predictions. We're going to start off talking about 15 to 11, so outside of the play and then we'll work our way up, of course. So, Nick, do you want to tell us who you have going from 15 to 11, what roughly you think their record will be, yeah, and, yeah. and then just some reasons why? Yeah, so like just 15, 14, like all of my not playing 15, teams. Yeah, 15, right, cool, that's how, yeah, cool. Uh, so 15, I have Detroit. I'll give my reasons after. 15, I have Detroit. 14, I have Toronto. 13, I have Chicago. 12, the Wizards. And 11, uh, Charlotte. So, real quick question. 
How far out is your 11 to your playing team at 10? Five games. Okay. Yeah. Um, so just to kind of start off with the Pistons, they'll be young once again. You know, Bogdanovich, he might get traded at some point, but they're going to still be a really good team. You know, injuries might end up happening just because their main guys are kind of injury prone anyways. But, you know, 20 games isn't necessarily a negative thing because, you know, you know that you'll be right back in the lottery next season and potentially getting something that could be a hole for, for in the future. You know, they don't really necessarily – have a, a real power forward, I guess, if you're playing, you know, tall ball with uh, Duran and Wiseman, then maybe it could work out. But, um, you know, that's my reason for that. And then Toronto, you know, they just have a bunch of stuff going on. Pascal and uh, Ujiri, the, the GM, have been having some disagreements in, uh, like, media day, stuff like that. Um, Chicago, you know, no Lonzo Ball. So, I mean, we saw how bad they were last year without Lonzo, and you don't really answer the no point guard answer. Uh, the no point Devon guard. Carter. But he's... Yeah, no, mean, no, no, I'm, I'm saying yeah, that's yeah. nothing. That's nothing. But like, he's more of a, a two-guard type of guy. He's not going to sit up there and facilitate for you. You don't really have a facilitator. So, I mean, Caruso's cool, but he's not getting more than maybe six assists a game. Um, then the Wizards, you know, they're just not a very deep team. What do you have the Wizards at? 12. What do you think that are 52. Okay. Yeah. Um, just because I think that the, South, the, the East is top-heavy as far as, uh, you know, the, the – the top teams are going to win a bunch of games compared to these teams. So, And then for the Hornets, I mean, that, this isn't a bad spot. I feel like them and the Nets and Magic could all interchange between this. So them three are kind of just interchangeable. So, All right. So mine is honestly very different from Nick's, and I'm assuming Jamie's as well. At 15, I have the Washington Wizards. I have them going 27-55. and 55. Last year, they went 35-47. and 47. I'll get into my reasons like Nick did after I go through it. At 14, I have the Hornets. Last year, they went 27-55. and 55. They were the 14th seed. I have them staying at the 14th seed, winning a few more games, 29-53. and 53. The Pistons. This is my hot take. Probably the hottest we'll talk about today. Last year, they were the 15th seed, going 17-65. and 65. But I have them winning 34 games. I have them almost doubling, if not doubling. I'm not going to do the math right now. Their win total from last year. I'll get to that in a second. And the Raptors at 12, I think they're going to fall back. Not immensely. I mean, they were 41-41 and 41 last year. They were the 10th seed in the Eastern Conference. But I, but I think losing Fred Van Vliet is huge. And then replacing him with someone who's has proved that he's just not a starting point guard. There was hopes, especially when he came to the Celtics after Kemba Walker, Dennis Schroeder. There was hopes he could be a starting point guard. He never really took that opportunity and drove with it. So I don't really think that's going to work out in Toronto either. I have them going 35 and 47. And then the 11th seed. The definition of an average team, but they're not going to be average enough to make the play in. I have the Chicago Bulls going 39 and 43. They were the 9th seed last year. They had 40 wins. I have them winning one less game. They're going to hover around the same because they do have Zach. They have DeMar. They have Vooch. They have Caruso. They have solid pieces enough to be an average team with an average record but I think some other teams above we'll talk about later will do a little bit better but going back down why the Wizards in last place because they don't really got a lot after Jordan Poole and Kuzma will be great scorers great players they got some good pieces around them like Gafford Denny Advia they got a rookie Bilal Koulibaly I definitely messed up his name I'll make sure to pronounce it right Koulibaly Koulibaly he played with Victor Wibanyama in France he could be a good young piece. They don't got a lot. I do like Tyus Jones. That, that's nice for the Wizards. But, again, he's got to prove he's a starting point guard in this league. The Hornets. Why just two more wins, even though they're getting Miles Bridges back and they're bringing in Brandon Miller? Their depth is terrible. Their wing depth might be some of the best in the NBA, especially if 
Brandon Miller plays like he has been playing in preseason. Might be some of the best in the NBA, but their guard depth's atrocious. Their big man depth is su- well, subpar. I, I think Nick Richards is good. He's good, but it's he's kind of undersized. He's a six ten. No, I just I'm not a huge lover in it. You lose Kai Jones, who again nah, he wasn't playing anyway. I don't I know, but you just don't you don't have a lot there besides the wings, which you got Gordon Hayward, Brandon Miller, PJ Washington. He's more of a forward, but Miles Bridges is back. You got so many good wings. I love that. Obviously, you got Lamelo Ball, T. Rowe, but after that, it's just kind of like I'm not a big fan. Cody of Martin, Cody Martin, but he's he's not he's nothing like his I brother. Like big Mark. He's nothing like his brother. No, Mark Williams is great. Mm-hmm. Then the Pistons. My biggest hot take. I think the addition of their new head coach. I'm blanking. Why am I blanking? Uh, Dwayne. No, not Dwayne Casey. Who, the uh, Pistons? It's uh, Monty Williams. Monty yeah. Williams, thank you. The new addition of Monty Williams with the Phoenix Suns. Once in the finals. He's a win-now coach. I've said it before when I was doing my power rankings. No, they're not going to win now. They're not in win-now mode, but he is a win-now coach, which forces you to get better, and they have great pieces on the team. The Raptors, like I already said with Dennis Schroeder, they're going to fall back. <clears throat> I'm not a huge lover in that. And then the Bulls, just an average team. They're going to be average again. All righty, all righty. Let's go f- uh, with my 15 to 11. At 15, I have the Detroit Pistons. 14, I have the Washington how many, Wizards. How many wins you got the Pistons getting? I was going to answer that after, but I have the Pistons going 27 and 55. Y'all yeah, a bunch of haters. 14, I have the Washington Wizards at 28 and 24. 13, I have the Raptors at 32 and 50. 12, I have the Hornets at 35 and 47. And at 11, I have the mediocre Bulls at 37 and 45. So I'm pretty sure we all have the exact same teams in our out spots. It's just differing, differing records, differing spots. So let's start with the Pistons. I think the East has a lot of solid teams, and the Pistons will be awesome in the future, but not right now. If anything, I could see them being better than the Wizards and the Raptors, but I need to see Cade Cunningham stay healthy and Jaden Ivey show improvement first. Health is wealth for the Pistons. I don't know how long they're going to hold on to Bogdanovich because he's aging and he's on a decently sized contract, and he's still a good scorer. I could see him being moved to a contending team. And you have guys like Marvin Bagley and James Wiseman who are solid, but at the same time have not shown to be consistent enough to stay on the court by health reasons. I think they have have good potential but they're always hurt and it sucks to see can i add something real quick sure i think the pistons are going to be with the magic world last year the magic won 34 games last year i have the pistons doing the exact same thing they jumped up not a major step i mean the the magic were also the 13th seed i just have the pistons doing exactly what the magic did last year taking a major step up from the, where they were the year yeah. before and i can see that definitely happening because they have the, they have great talent i can see Cade cunningham being an all-star if he stays healthy i love Cade cunningham it's just I need to say I need to see the team stay healthy and stay consistent is all I'm saying. Like I said in there, I can see them being busy, see them being better than the Wizards and Raptors, but there's some things that got to play into that. 14, I have the Washington Wizards at 28 and 24 or 28 and 54. Sorry, Jordan Poole is going to be an all-star for this poverty team. He's going to average 30-something points a game. He has all of the the range in the world. They're going to let him shoot anything he wants. Poole, Kyle Kuzma, and Tyus Jones are a great core, but everything outside of that is just not good. Um, Gafford's I like, a good center. Gafford's not bad, but I'm just saying I don't know if he's a that to be a, your your core, like that is your big four. It's not going to win a ton of games. Uh, Jordan Poole's cool. Kyle Kuzma's cool. I think Kuzma was a fringe All Star last year. I think they will be great in the future, but as of right now, I just don't think it's their time. Thirteen, I have the Raptors. 
they're not contenders like they thought they were at the deadline last year. Scotty Barnes showed no progression. Fred Van Vliet's gone. And who knows how much time Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi have left with the Raptors. I feel like they're going to be sellers at the deadline, getting rid of a lot of those pieces because they're not going to be winning a ton of games. They got rid of Nick Nurse. Um, it, it's. I think they're going to blow it up. I think it's about time. They're not going to be sellers because Masai Ujiri always thinks they're good or yeah. good and better than they are. So that's what they did again this offseason, but then they lost Fred Van Vliet, and they're still not trading Pascal or OG, not getting any value back, and they're not even going to be a plan team. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I just don't see the, the thinking behind it, and I'm not big on the Raptors this year. They're actually year. probably going to trade. They're probably more likely to trade Scotty Barnes for like a – Subpar, like a, like a good point guard, than to trade Pascal and OG. Yeah, that's, that's the Masai Ujiri way, right? That, there. That's where I'm leading towards because they're they're just annoying. At 12, I have the Hornets at 35 and 47. I like the Hornets this year a lot. A young roster that can rack up wins. Brandon Miller is going to be exciting to watch in the Mellow Ball. It's always a pleasure to see hoop on the court. If he stays healthy, they will be solid because they have a lot of very young pieces. Like we were saying, their wings are extremely good. And you have a Lamelo Ball, uh, Nick Richards, Mark Williams, a ton of guys that can help contribute wins again health is the contributor but I think even without LaMelo Ball this team could win some games alongside Terry Rozier and uh, Gordon Hayward so I like the Hornets this year I think they're trending in the right direction and at 11 I have the Bulls at 37 and 45 the core does not have much time left. DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine have been great together, but it hasn't produced any wins since Lonzo Ball's tragic knee injury that kept him out for about two years now. Things have not improved for Chicago. They have Vucevic, who's only aging. He's been solid for uh, while he's been with the Bulls, but it hasn't resulted in wins. I just think they have too much talent to be a bad team, but not enough talent to be a great team. Because you have, average. yeah, they, <laughs> literally, they, are. they have average. Alex Caruso, who's one of the best defending guards in the league. You have Kobe White, who's whatever. Ayo Dosuma, who's shown flashes. But again, not all of that is enough to get them even in the play-in because the teams above them are, in my eyes, better than they are. They'd be a nice trade partner if the Trailblazers ultimately want to get rid of Brogdon. I just thought of that randomly. I think, I think so. If they I wanted to move up, They yeah. have enough young guys, like a couple young guys and like a pick to trade. Like you give them Patrick Williams. Ooh, that's too much. He, like, I like him still. I think he's going to be good. I think he's got to improve the offense. Yeah, cool. Daniel but, they, Terry, but there's money Kobe has to White. come from somewhere, though. Uh, I mean, I... <laughs> No, it's you might have to throw Caruso in there. Yeah, yeah, cool. I was going to say Vucevic, but they don't have a center to give back. No. So I just think that would be a good fit. Drummond. Someone like Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, they could keep Brogdon and have him start. Yeah. But now let's get to our playing teams, the teams that might make the playoffs, might just miss out on it. But let's start with Nick. Who is going to be in the play-in? Okay, uh, 10 I have Brooklyn, 9 I have Atlanta, 8 I have the Magic, and 7 I have the Pacers. Um, okay. For the Nets, I mean, you know, if Ben Simmons is, you know, as good as he has been in the preseason, they could seriously be a, a top six seed in the Eastern Conference. But, um, you know, there is a little bit of a concern with the – really there's not a concern with the depth. I don't know what I was about to say that for. But, uh, you know, they're a good team. I think they will be – they have a pretty good chance to win the play-in. So, and the Magic, they're young, you know. I think Paolo will probably be an all-star this year. If not, he'll be right outside of it. Um, Franz Wagner, him as well. Same case with him. I just think that they have too much – they're too guard heavy. I think that um, at some point you've got to look to trade Markel Fultz. Probably Markel Fultz. He's the oldest one. Trade him for a backup center because, you know, they don't really have much. You lose Mo Bamba. You have Goga Badazzi, who, I mean, cool. Oh, it's like Mo uh, Wagner and then Wendell Oh, yeah, I Wendell forgot about Carter. Mo Wagner. But Wendell's gr- really good. I like him as their, their, their uh, center of the future. So And then as far as 
Atlanta goes, I mix those two up because I, I decided to switch it on the spot. But uh, Atlanta is who I have at nine. Um, Atlanta-wise, you know, they just – I don't – Sadiq Bay is not a power forward, so I don't really like that move at all. Um, they didn't really add anything this offseason. Um, they just continue to lose stuff. And then as far as the Pacers go at the number seven spot, um, I only have them one game out of the playoffs behind the Sixers. Um, I, I think that they'll be pretty good. It just depends on how good Tyrese Halliburton kind of mixes with the who they add. Uh, what's Bruce his Brown name? and Obi Toppin. No, 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 no. The the small four they drafted. Oh, Walker. yeah, Jarris Walker. Yeah. I like him a lot. Power four, yeah. I think that he'll be really good. I think that there's no reason that he shouldn't start. You know, he was really good at Houston. Is that where he went? Houston, wherever he yeah, went. Yeah, Houston. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. But um, he was really good when he was there. And then Bruce Brown, like you were getting to, he's. The main reason why the Nuggets were able to win so many games last season, and he played a huge role in, the, in them winning the finals. And then as far as Obi Toppin goes, you know, I know that you're pretty high on him this season, but, I mean, I think that he'll be okay. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he'll be anything special that they didn't have last season. So. All right. My 10th seed is the Brooklyn Nets. I have them going 41-41, and 41, an average team. I mean, last year they went 45-37. and 37. I'm going to start explaining it as I go up because I felt like – when I said it, and then went back down to explain it, I was just saying everything twice. So I'll just explain it as I go along. Brooklyn Nets at 10. Last year, like I said, 45 and 37. But let's not forget, for a majority of the season, because the trade deadline is not really halfway through the season, it's like two-thirds through the season, they had Kyrie and Durant. So that obviously boosted up their record a little bit. I don't think they're going to be much worse, but I think they're going to be an average team. 500, 41 and 41. Mikel Bridges... I need to see him play like a star like he did at the back end of last year, all year. I think Nick Claxton could take a major jump up. He could be a deep point candidate. I mentioned him last week. I love their depth, like Nick said. And if Ben Simmons can play half as well as he used to four years ago, that'd be a great sign for them as well. I just think there's a lot of good teams in the East. There's a couple great teams, but then there's a lot of good teams. And I don't know if they're quite at the top of that good team area. Moving on to the Orlando Magic, I think they're going to take another leap. They took a major leap last year, not making the play-in, but winning 34 games. I think this year they're going to be 41-41. and So I have the Nets and the Magic around the same area. I think they're both around average teams, not much better, and maybe not much worse. So that's why I have them both at 41-41. and They're going to take another leap. Paulo could Maybe he will be an all-star. Franz Wagner, I completely agree with what Nick said, has the potential to do that as well. And again, just like Nick said, he kind of hit all my points, was too many guards. They just drafted Ant Black. Granted, he's tall, so he can play probably the one through three, but he's also really skinny, and he's a pure ball-dominant like facilita- playmaker. playmaker facilitator. You don't. That's not really a wing. He's not going to do that. He's a facilitator. So if anything, I would look to trade Markel Fultz because that's exactly what Ant Black does. What Markel Fultz does, Ant Black does. Now, the grand best part about Markel Fultz is he has kind of grown into himself and has become a very efficient scorer. But like, you don't, you know, you don't need all that. And I don't think you're going to trade Cole Anthony. I think he's like a pure six man. Moving on to the Pacers. Last year they went 35 and 47. I have them taking a little bit of a leap. I think they got better this offseason, not by much because I think the teams above them are better. But I have them going 42 and 40, which is a great step to where they want to be. I saw a tweet saying this is the best team they've had since 2018. I completely agree. 
This is well, this is one of their best teams they've had post the Paul George era, 100%. They got Halliburton, who's going to be an All Star this year. They have still got they have Buddy Heald for now. We'll see how that works out. There was reports he's going to be traded, but B Math could grow into a really good player. I love Jarris Walker, like Nick said, great fit. And Miles Turner said he wants to be an All Star this year because the All Star game is in Indiana. We'll see how that transpires. But still, last year he averaged 18 points per game and a few blocks. Not talked about, but he did it, and I think he can do that again. Then my seventh seed. Nick didn't have him here, but it's the Miami Heat. They were the eighth seed last year. I have them being a little bit better, but I have them with the same record. They went 44 and 38 last year. I have them doing the exact same thing because I think they got worse. They lost Max Struess. They lost Gabe Vincent. The two sparks that helped them get all the way to the finals, they lost that, and they replaced it with Josh Richardson. He's not bad. He's not bad, but he's not a he's not a spark like that, and he's older. If anything, he's like a better defender than what the other two are, but he's not a spark in any way, shape, or form like those two guys were at all. I think they got a lot worse this offseason. For already being a subpar regular season team last year that caught fire at the right time, they couldn't afford to lose any of the fire they had, and they did. And again, I have them one spot higher, but I have them with the same record. I think they're going to do the exact same thing. <clears throat> we'll, see, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. All right, moving into my play-in teams. At, I'll, I'll go the same way, Alex. They just start with 10. So at 10, I have the Brooklyn Nets going 40 and 42. Uh, I like what they've built. They're another very young team that can surprise a lot of people. Mikal Bridges and Nick Claxton, both in my eyes, have all-star potential. The team can be much higher, like playoff spot potential, depending on Ben Simmons and how he plays. If they get Sixers Ben Simmons, this team could be dangerous. He's playing well so far in the preseason. I've seen a lot of clips of him. It looks like he's much more confident shooting. Um, he had a game recently, I think it was yesterday, he had a triple single in like 24 minutes. It was like an 8-8-6, eight, eight and six, and a lot of people were talking about it, and the turn, their downside was I think he had like six turnovers. But he's not putting up like 20 points per game. Like no, no, no. He's not going to do that. But I think he could, if he could fit that role of getting like a low-end triple-double, double-double type of guy and just help Mikal Bridges develop and Nick Claxton develop, maybe help Cam Thomas a little bit and Cam right, Johnson. Cam, Thomas, yeah. uh, Cam Johnson I really like, one of the top-tier shooters in the NBA. I think the Nets can be dangerous. They're very young. They have a lot to prove. They have a good coach. Uh, I think they could do more than be 40 and 42, but that's where I have him set out for now. In 21 minutes, he's averaging eight points on around 60% from the field. Which, yeah, that's not bad. I mean, for how he plays, it's going to be inside, so that's fair. Yeah, which I mean, that's comparable to what he did in, in his years in Philly. So. Yeah. So, uh, Ben Simmons, there's some good things to look forward to. Hopefully he can improve and lead the Nets to a decent record. Nine, I have the Orlando Magic at 41-41. and 41. I just want to say really quick, my playing gap between the 10 and the 7 is four games. So, uh, okay. I ha at 9, I have the Orlando Magic at 41-41. and 41. I'm all in on the Paolo Bancaro All-Star campaign. The rookie of the year last year is going to be uh, going to look to improve alongside their center, Wendell Carter Jr., guard Markel Fultz, who may not be on the Magic, uh, like both Alex and Nick were talking about for much longer, depending on Anthony Black. I mean, there's been no reports of it, but exactly. it's just like someone's got to go. Yeah, and then sixth man of the year candidate, Cole Anthony. Uh, still a very young team with time to progress. I like what they have going. Their guards, it's a very crowded room alongside Jalen Suggs from Gonzaga. Uh, Anthony Black, who they just drafted from Arkansas with the number six pick. Um, but I really like what Anthony, Brack, Anthony Black brings to the table. He's a six foot seven playmaker. He's built like, a, like an NBA 2K My player. Six seven playmaker that could do it uh, very well defensively. Not the best shooter in the world, but I think that can improve. Um, so I like what he brings, and I think that could come at the expense of Markel Fultz, depending on how. Anthony Black plays um, 
but we'll see how it goes. They could keep Fultz because he's improved a lot since his days in Philly. Uh, moving on to number eight, I have the Atlanta Hawks at 42 and 40. Trey Young has to stay on the court for everything to work out. I like the pairing of him and DeJounte Murray in the backcourt, but they both have to mesh. I also like the pairing of Sadiq Bey and DeAndre Hunter at the forward spots. I think they'll play together well. Again, it's a team with a lot of talent. I love their center duo of um, Onyeko Okongwu off the bench and Clint Capella, who already has great, great chemistry with Trey Young on those pick and rolls and those lobs. They throw like 12 of those a game, and it works out most of the time. So I think the Hawks have a lot to look forward to. Trey Young has to stay healthy, and hopefully he becomes more efficient because he shoots like 15 threes a game and probably makes like six of them. And so his points per game looks good, but his shooting percentages don't. So I think if he can clean up that part of his game, the Hawks will be much better overall. Um, and I think they can make a move at the deadline as well for uh, a player. Maybe, what's his name? I can see if they're making a move for Bojan Bogdanovic, maybe. I think that could be interesting to bring him off the bench. Yeah, might as well. Uh, Bogdan and Bojan. Oh, that would be fire. They they're, should do that. They're not related, they just have yeah. to, but that would be funny. That's, that would be crazy. And at number seven, I have the Indiana Pacers going 44-38. and uh, it's Tyrese Halliburton season. Light the beam. Former Sacramento Better than De'Aaron Fox. Uh, no, he's not. He's the most underrated point guard in the NBA and will lead this team to a playing spot with the addition of Bruce Brown, former Nuggets shooting guard small forward. He was on that championship team last year, and he was a major contributor to that. He did it all. And then Obi Toppin, former Knicks power forward. I like that pairing a lot. I think Obi, Topson, Obi Toppin will be a great addition. He's a decent spot-up shooter in the corner, but what I like is pairing him with the best playmaker in the NBA and Tyrese Halliburton's. It's going to be Lob City out there. Obi Toppin's going to be catching lobs. He has one of the highest vertical jumps in the NBA, and I think it's going to be very fun to watch. Hopefully, Obi Toppin can start progressing a little bit in his overall game He'll because I think definitely I think Halliburton's going to help him a lot and then Jarris Walker out of the draft I think he's going to be another big contributor so I like overall what the Pacers are doing and I think they'll be at that seven spot Alrighty. so just to recap before we get into our top six do you just want to say who you had in the play-in so we know who yeah. is making the play-in and then who's making the playoffs I think we all had the four same teams I think so. No, you had the Heat. Them. I didn't have Oh, okay. Well, he had the Heat in there instead of us. Yeah. So, Pacers, Hawks, Magic, Nets. For my play-in, I got the Nets, Magic, Pacers, and Heat. Mine, I got the Nets, Magic, Hawks, and Pacers. All right. Okay. All right. Well, now this is the actual playoffs. So, at my sixth spot, I do you have... Just wanna, do you want to do three and three? I feel like six is a lot. Yeah, cool. Uh, six, I have the 76ers. Um, you know, we just don't know what's going to happen with the James Harden thing. I have them going 42 and 40. I don't think they'll be that good of a team. That low in that six, huh? Yeah. That well, because I, the wet. Whenever I have the West, it'll make a little bit more sense why, you know, the these rankings are so. The West has a lot of teams that are gonna win a lot of yeah, games. Yeah, it's kind of look to me. We're not really talking about the West, but to me, it kind of reminds me of like 2011, 2012. The Western Conference will look like that. Like you think but, like uh, five teams could win 50 games? Yeah, like seriously, or like. Well, I think it might be like I know again we're not talking about it, but I think it could be like last year where like. 10 teams have 40-plus wins. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I think. I think it'll be like that or um, kind of comparable to how, like, the Spurs were the number one seed and they had, like, 50 wins. Mm -hmm. And everybody else was, like, 49, 48, 47, The Nuggets, 46. I think, only had 53 wins last year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think it'll be pretty similar to that, but that's the Western Conference. Um, as far as the Sixers go, though, we don't know what's going to happen with the whole James Harden thing. Regardless, they're going to be an over 500 team. You know, Joel Embiid, second-best center in the league, top 10 player in the league. Potentially, we'll see what happens with Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, all of them, all the fitting in pieces. Um, who they add this season? The, oh, Patrick Beverly. I think that he'll be really good for the for the team itself. You lose George uh, Niang, you, you lose Niang. 
um, yeah, Batista, I mean, you know, he was gone half the season last year anyways. Um, but next up after that, I got the Heat. I know it's kind of surprising just because they did lose a lot, but, you know, I don't – I don't know if I see them being a, a, a better because you know for the last few seasons it's been you know we're not as good in the regular season and then we're really good in the playoffs. I don't think that's how they'll be this season. I think they'll be good in the in the regular season and then get eliminated in the first round. So I just don't think they'll be good in general. I, think they'll be a, like, I, I hope not, but um, you know I think that they'll they'll be pretty good in the in the um, regular season because you know they have Kevin Love the whole season and. You know, Josh Richardson, I think, will be pretty good. Not not as good as Max Strus or Gabe Benson was. But then at four, I have Cleveland. And they're only one game behind the, the three seed. But I just have them here just because I want to see kind of what happens with Jared Allen because I think there's a, a possibility he gets moved just, you know, if they want to, you know, do something a little different as far as, you know, making Mobley the center. And one thing I will say about the, the Cavs is uh, – Amani Bates had been playing really good in the G League, the G League, the uh, the preseason, and I think that, you know, that's that's a really positive thing because he's you know he's like, he's like six eight, six nine, so you know you could really run like a small ball and have him at the four, Isaac Okoro at the three, and you know then your two your backcourt, and then Evan Mobley just in case you want to trade Jared Allen. But I think that the depth of the team is really good. They'll be one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference for sure, and you know I think that they'll only continue to get better as they're you know their their best players twenty seven years old, twenty eight, so. I completely agree. All right. My six through four, I kind of like it. I, li- I like doing it this way because my <clears> six <throat> through four are a close grouping versus my three to one. So starting off with my six, I have the Atlanta Hawks. Last year, they were the seventh seed. They went 41 and 41, an average team, but they had a lot of shakeups. They brought in Quinn Snyder for like the last 20 or so games. They fired their coach before, McMillan. Nate McMillan. So they didn't really have a fair shake for it. With that said, I believe it was Jamie because he talked about him in his plan, and Nick too. They didn't get a lot better. They got better. I mean, I do like Sadiq Bay. I think he fits better with this team than John Collins. For years and years, they were trying to figure out a way to fit John Collins. Never really worked. He had, he had a good year. I think he averaged around 20 points per game at one point. But then after that year, he fell off for two consistent years in a row. Could never reclaim that chemistry with the Hawks and really everyone on that roster. They brought in DeJounte Perry. This will be his second full year with the team. I think things can start going in the right direction, but I still only have them winning 46 games and being the six seed. I, I think they can be better than a playing team this year, having a full year under, the, under their belt with this core, but still, I don't see them getting close to 50 wins. Moving on to the fifth seed. That's where I have the Philadelphia 76ers. Last year, they were the third seed, won 54 games, 28 losses. I agree with Nick. They're going to take a step back. I mean, I've been the first one to say, what is going on with James Harden? It's going to mess up the chemistry but they still have all the pieces to be good. I don't think they're going to hit the 50-win mark like they have been over the past few years, but I think they'll get close, around 48 wins, maybe 47, maybe even 49, maybe even 50, but I don't see them, I don't see them being some powerhouse like they were last year in the Eastern Conference because of that elephant in the room with James Harden. Now, if he gets moved and they get some good rotational pieces back, like Marquise Terrence, Morris. Marquise Morris, Morris, Terrence Mann, maybe even Norman Powell, I honestly would move him up a little bit. Because I think that would fit, that fits better with their kind of lack of depth in some areas. Moving on to my fourth seed. That's where I have the New York Knicks. Last year, they were the fifth seed with 47 wins. This year, I have them taking a step up to 51 wins. 51 wins and 31 losses is <coughs> roughly where I'm going to put them. I think the Knicks can just do even better. They had a great year last year. No one really thought that coming into the year. I think Randall and Brunson are going to take a major leap up. I think Barrett... At this point in his career, 
what are we like five years in? I think I don't know how much better he's going to be, but what he is is 20 great. Points per game. I mean, yeah, he'll give you a twenty point per game season pretty much every year since he's kind of hit maybe what his peak is but it's not bad he's efficient he gets buckets he hit open shots 20 points per game is, is good it's not easy to come by what I love and I know Jamie wants to talk about this too but Dante DiVincenzo and all the Villanova boys back together with Brunson Hart a full year with Josh Hart and adding Dante DiVincenzo I think that is huge and you still have quickly, who I think can win six, win, six, win six man of the year this year. I love what the Knicks did this offseason. I like having another full year under their belt with this core. I think they'll be pretty good. All right, all right, all right. Let's start with my sixth seed where I have the Miami Heat going 45 and 37, which is a one-game difference between my seventh seed Pacers at 44 and 38. Uh, I feel like the Pacers will be disappointed once again, so I'm sorry, Halliburton, but I really like it. Uh, the Heat, though, despite losing a lot of talent and not getting much back, I still think they have enough playoff, enough talent for a playoff spot. Tyler Hero, I think he's going to have a big jump in progression. He's going to get more minutes um, after losing those other, other guards. I think he'll finally get that starting spot, and I think he's going to get a lot of points. Um, he, I think he has the potential to be an all-star just because of how many points he's going to score, but I don't know if he'll get into that conversation just yet alongside Butler and Adebayo. Um, getting back to those two, though, Jimmy Butler, he's one of the best small forwards in the NBA. Um, he, he knows how to make crazy things happen. He's emo right now, and so I think he'll lead the Heat to some wins. And the Bam Adebayo, one of the best centers in the NBA, at standing at six foot nine, he's a small ball center, but he gets it done. He's a good mid-range shooter sometimes, except for in the finals, um, and he, he knows how to get it done down low defensively against the best of them. At five, I have the Philadelphia 76ers going 47 and 35. Uh, I think they honestly could be better, but the situation with James Harden is holding them back. Uh, let's see if they can get some pieces from the Clippers for James Harden because that could really boost them up to 50-plus wins if they get those rotational guys like we were talking about with Terrence Mann. Maybe Bones Highland if that's where they want to go. And um, Morris. Terrence Mann has been made untouchable also. Really? Yeah. Well, so that, it'll probably be more like the offer right now is Morris and Nick Batum and a first-round pick and then a pick swap. I heard, but like... I don't think a deal happens without Terrence Mann. I mean, I don't, I don't either. I just, I just think they really love Terrence Mann in that Clippers locker room. I, I do too. I think if and Norman, Powell, I don't think that we need him at all. Like the team chemistry is like really good on the Clippers, mm-hmm. and they don't. I've been seeing videos coming out of their locker room all the time. You want him, but you don't think you need him. Yeah, I mean, I just think that we become the best team in the Western Conference. But you lose a lot of depth. I mean, exactly. But you would lose three players, and then one of those players doesn't even play. But I think so. your depth's already kind of. I mean, the best in the league, I think. I think we have the best depth in the league. They have really good depth pieces. Norman Powell is one of the best shooters. And then you have Terrence Mann, one of the uh, great 25-year-old forward. And Markeith Morris knows how to get it done on the wing. Well, Markeith Morris is not play. what he used to do. No, now, Markeith Morris is the player I was talking about that's not going to play. Oh, really? Nick Batum I just think he's a good corner Covington shooter. are the two backup power forwards. Mm-hmm. Or the two power Rocco forwards. Rocco and Batum do get minutes. And then you get Mason Plumley, And then you have uh, Terrence Mann, Bones Highland, Norman Powell. Those are three. Bones Highland, I hope he progresses because I like him a lot. It's really just health. Exactly. All right, moving on to my four seed. I have the Cleveland Cavaliers. I have a pretty decent jump between the five and the four, and then going upwards. Uh, I have the Cleveland Cavaliers going 54 and 28. I really like what they have. They have so many dominant pieces on that roster. It's a great roster, great coaching, another team with very little flaws. Uh, But can they finally put it all together? Because they lost in the first round last year to the New York Knicks, and they had home field advantage, and they just couldn't get it done. 
which you hate to see. And I added a little question at the bottom. Does Donovan Mitchell even want to be there? He said that, I'm sure he, he will. They're a very good team. But he said earlier in an interview that he wasn't going to sign an extension and he's a New York boy at heart. I feel like he wants to be a New York man. I, yeah, I mean, when he got traded, there was an interview saying he was 100% sure he was going to the Knicks. Yeah, exactly. He didn't. I think he wants to be a but, New York Knicks at some point. I think his contract expires this year. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think Maybe it's going to... Maybe we'll see uh, R.J. Barrett for... Donovan Mitchell trade. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's going to affect no, like, the season. I'm not kidding. I'm being serious. I don't yeah. think it's going to affect the season. I don't think it will either. I just thought it would create a little conversation just because I think it's interesting. I don't think he's going to get traded. If anything, he'll just go to where he wants. Yeah, he, he'll, he'll re-sign. He'll, he'll sign somewhere else in the offseason. But uh, I have him going 54-28, and 28, which is a spectacular record. And I believe I have him as a one-game difference between the three seed as well. So I like what the Cavs have. Uh, great coaching, great players. Donovan Mitchell is one of the best shooting guards, if not the best shooting guard in the NBA. Um, Darius Garland is one of the best playmakers in the NBA at the point guard position. Isaac Okoro is a great defending small forward. And then, like I said in another episode, the twin towers of Evan Mobley and Jared Allen down low. They're phenomenal. D- Jared Allen is injured, and I'm not sure how long he'll be a Cavalier because I know he's been involved in trade rumors, but I hope he stays because they're they're very good. And uh, Imani Bates, he's a beast, and I hope he, as a rookie, can help them out too. So for now the top three, <clears throat> my number three is the New York Knicks. Um, I, it's kind of weird them being the three seed, but I think that they'll be really good, just based of all based off of all the depth. And then you know last season they were really good. They made it to the second round and even you know won a game or two I think. Um, so I think that they'll only continue to get better with the added pieces. Uh, th- Tom Thibodeau's kind of gotten a little bit away from the coaching that he had in what I thought he would have brought to the team where he only played, you know, the older players and didn't really give chances to the other guys. Cause, it was a complete opposite. You know, Emmanuel Quickly's 22 yeah. years old, and he was, you know, one of the best players on the team, got the most minutes. So I think that's a really big thing. And I think that there's no – they if, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks didn't exist, I could see a world where they're in the conference finals. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> two is two, two is Milwaukee. Um, as far as them, you know, I just think that if this, like I was saying about them, if the Celtics didn't exist, Milwaukee would be the best team in the Eastern Conference. But I, I have a pretty big gap. I have them winning fifty-two games. Um, they'll be pretty good. But I think you know Damian Lillard very injury prone. Chris Middleton very injury prone. You know, you have two two of your big pieces are injury prone. So. You know, if it's just Giannis out there, they're not going to win that many games because the depth isn't there anymore. You lost Grayson Allen and, you know, Drew Holiday, who were playing a lot of games, and Bobby Portis, who was, you know, injured for a good bit last year. You know, you don't know what he could do this year either. So, And then also a, a new coach, a new head coach. Not a lot of coaches win a title in their first year. So, And then the Celtics, I have going 66-16, and 16, mm-hmm. one of the best teams in the last few years, just based off of pure talent. And I think that – I think that depth-wise, people are kind of like, oh, this, you know, the depth doesn't look that good. But I think that, you know, the, all the players can kind of go, like, go into what they're supposed to do. I think Peyton Pritchard will take a big jump. He's been playing really good in the um, the preseason. Sam Hauser, he's been, he's been playing all right. You know, I think that he, he'll he can let it up. He'll play his role. He'll shoot two or three threes a game. Play a little bit of defense. Um, I, I am a little concerned for the power forward center spot, but I mean, Bruchett will be good as the backup power forward. I think him and. Uh, What's-his-face, Lamar Stevens. Um, them two will be good as the backup four. And then as far as center goes, I mean, who is it? Luke Cornett still? Yeah, but we also have Kata. It's like something... Uh, Kata Bates. No, no. It's like something oh, like... Oh, Namiya's... Kata. Oh, yeah. Nemius Kata? Yeah, he's yeah. on the... What? The Portuguese monster he's Nemius Kata? He's actually been playing really good Dude, in Dude, I was so mad when we let him go. He was playing so Nemius good. He's been playing so good in preseason that he might get a roster I wish that, He should. I wish Wendon Gabriel... You guys should... 
what's it called? Luke Cornett and signed Winning Gabriel to a full a full deal because Winning Gabriel is really good. Whenever no, but Kada has been. Whenever Russ was on yeah, the, the Kata, Lakers, he's a players. Nemius Kada is a big, burly, seven foot dude, and he has a lot to prove. He was an all star in the G League. He has he was a beast in Sacramento. I don't know why we let him go and picked up Noel and then let him go. I think he would have been good behind jo- uh, JaVale McGee uh, sitting in that 10 through 13 man spot. I was really mad that we let him go because he also has a huge fan base because he's the only Portuguese player like ever. And so they're going to go over to the Celtics and I think he will land a little roster spot because I think he has a lot of potential. Yeah. You should have kept Rashawn Holmes. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Moving I'm... on to my top three. I have the Cleveland Cavaliers. They, went the, they were the fourth seed last year. They went 51-31. and 31. I think they got better. They stole Max Struess from the Miami Heat. That makes the Heat worse. They also stole Gorgie Jiang, not Gorgie Jiang, Gorgeous Niang from the 76ers. Not great, kind of a dirty player, but he's a good locker room guy and a good rotational piece that can, will get some minutes for this Cavs roster. But I think Max Struess is the key here. Donovan Mitchell and Garland can kick it out. To Okoro, he was good. He's a great corner shooter. But someone who could hit it from anywhere, that's Max Struess. He is a true spark and I'm really happy the Cavs got them. I think that'll be a good help for them. Moving on to the Milwaukee Bucks at two. I have them going 58 and 24. The same record as last year. They went 58 and 24 because I like what Nick said about the injuries, which might lower this. I actually agree with you a lot about that. But at the end of the day, Chris Middleton was out for a lot of last year, and they still figured out a way to win 58 games. Well, Drew Holiday was a big. No, I get that's why I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. But I still think they have enough to be a fantastic regular season team because Giannis is Giannis. Dame is Dame. No matter how many games he plays, when he plays, he's going to give you 30. And then Brooke Lopez hasn't proved to slow down yet, and he's proved to be a deep boy candidate. So I think he's going to be great again this year. Again, I've had I've kind of gone back and forth with that, but until I'm proved otherwise, I'm going to say he's going to be pretty good. Minute number one, I have my Boston Celtics. I wish I could be as big of a believer as Nick is and I'm kind of close. I have them going 62-20, and 20, which is obviously amazing, but I just cannot fathom them losing less than 20 games. Like, I can't put them in the teens for losses. That's just so hard to do any, t- any time in the NBA, but especially now where, like, so every team is kind of good. Like, you look at the Western Conference. Like, there's a lot of teams that could be really good, and they're going to face, you know, every Western Conference team twice. That's not going to be easy. I think they'll run through the East. I mean, they're going to win 60-something games, I think, but I just... I don't see a world where they get teens and losses. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But again, 62 and 20 is still going to be the NBA's best record. But I just can't go below that. Which is, I mean, I sound like I'm sad saying that, but it's just hard for me to like fathom them only losing like 17 games. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to my top three. What do you three. think about that? Of what? What I just said. Uh, I have to agree because I also have them at the exact same record okay. as you do. So <laughs> well, I'll you, get into that. You like their, uh, that Reed guy, right? Reed? Yeah. No, he, oh, man, he, he's casual. I love what he does on the court. Yeah. Um, he, he's a beast. But uh, let's move on to my three seed. I have the New York Knicks as my hot take of the year. Um, I have them going 55-27, and 27, which is a lot of wins. I have them over the Cleveland Cavaliers by one game. But I love what they've done with the roster. Uh, I think Jalen Brunson, their star point guard, he's going to do a lot. This is his second year in New York. He moved out of Luka Doncic's shadow. Uh, and now he is the star of New York. He's going to take a big leap alongside their all-star Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett, who has been a little flustered in his career, hasn't lived up to that number three overall pick behind Zion Williamson and John Morant. 
but I think he's very serviceable. He'll get you 18, 19, 20 points a night, and he'll 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 be just fine. He's that third star of the team. But what I really, really like is they also have possibly the best bench in the NBA. No hits of the Clippers. No, I'm not saying no, no, no. I mean, I think they have the third or fourth, maybe even first best depth in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Josh Hart, uh, one of the Villanova boys alongside Jalen Brunson in college. He's one of the best uh, defenders in the NBA. He's a great shooter. He's great mid-range. He can play the power forward at six foot five. He did that in New Orleans for a little bit, so he could really play the two through the four. Dante DiVincenzo, who was their big addition, former Golden State Warrior shooting guard, uh, another Villanova boy, and I think he's going to be amazing. He shot from everywhere last year. Former Sacramento King, but he didn't do anything with us. So hopefully he will do something with the Knicks. How long was he with the Kings? Like, like two one weeks? or two years. It was one or two no, years. No, it was not two years. I think it was one season then. He was injured, I think, for a moment. A little bit. Because I barely remember him. Like, I remember him being, you guys traded, uh, they were trying to get Bogdanovich, wasn't it? Yeah. And, but somehow that just didn't work, but y'all still got DiVincenzo. That's weird. Yeah, know. it was the whole Bucks thing. It was yeah, super they, weird. What's it called? Uh, tampered. Yeah, tampered. Yeah, it was super weird. Uh, I don't even know how it worked, but... Yeah. Yeah, I think DiVincenzo is going to be a great contributor for the Knicks. And then you have Emmanuel Quickly, who was second in the NBA last year in six-man of the year voting. I think he has all of the potential in the world to do it this year. Uh, there's some more contention for the award with guys like Cole Anthony and uh, Malik Monk. So I really like Emmanuel Quickly, what he brings to the offense off the bench. And then you have Isaiah Hartenstein, who's a very serviceable center behind, um, what's his name, Robinson. Uh, Mitchell Robinson? Mitchell Robinson, yep, that's his name. Mitchell Robinson, who... Uh, always gets used as trade bait for the Knicks in NBA 2K, uh, my league. But I think Hartenstein's very solid. He'll bring some uh, great rebounding off the bench. And I think this will be a very good year, for the, good year for the New York Knicks. It just sucks that there's two phenomenal teams right above them because I think from 1 to 13, they're very good. Yeah. So number two, I have the Milwaukee Bucks. This could be crazy, but I have them winning 60 games. Wow. I really I'm, – I'm, unlike you guys, I'm very high on the Damian Lillard trade. Uh, Adrian Griffin, not. What do you mean high? I'm not high on it. I know. I said I am. Unlike you guys, I think he's pretty decently high on it. Uh, I just think I'm higher than it on it than you guys. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm not like. How many wins did you have, Matt? I have him at 50. I have him the same record as last year, 58 and 24. I'm not like a hater of it, but I also agree with Nick somewhat that Drew Holiday fit perfectly with what the Bucks need, and Damian Lillard brings no defense. I get that, but so. I, um, I think Adrian Griffin, not Coach Bud, like I said last week. Adrian Griffin, make sure to get that down, uh, has a lot to prove alongside guys like Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, I just think it'll be an amazing time watching them. Damian Lillard was not healthy much last year, but I think he can be this year uh, because he's not going to have to score 35 points tonight to keep the Blazers in games. Um, he, he doesn't really have to do as much. Giannis can wholeheartedly put a team on his back and win them 50 plus games by himself because he is that dang good uh, but now he has Damian Lillard who is one of the best shooters of all time um, one of the all time greats of point guard top 15 point guard of all time oh, that's <laughs> wild I don't think it's that it's wild not that wild no yeah, he's a, a top 100 player yeah 75 was, top 75 top seven, that's what that it was top 75 I mean um, he scored 71 points he deserved to be top yeah, yeah 71 Dwight points Howard last year Tracy McGrady too yes all three of them yeah but Damian Lillard but it's alongside Giannis that pick and roll is going to be nasty I think Adrian Griffin can really drop some crazy plays with the two and then they have great pieces uh, Brooke Lopez one of the best defending uh, bigs in the NBA he is older but I don't I think, think health is key 
Definitely, 100%. I think that's what's going to hold him back is health because guys like Brooke Lopez Even are getting Giannis older. Got hurt the Giannis got year. hurt last year. He got hurt going into the playoffs. Uh, Damian Lillard was hurt. There'll be a playing team. Oh, probably, yeah. yeah but major. I'm not going to count on that. I'm going to hope that they play 65 games apiece. Um, but that's not my number one because I have the Boston Celtics at number one going 62-20. and 20. Uh, Undeniably the best starting five in the NBA. They have a great coaching staff adding Jeff Van Gundy. Um, and Joe Mazzulla, second-year head coach, I think he will win Coach of the Year this year, and I think he's going to fix a lot of the mistakes he made last year when he got outcoached by Eric Spolstra. So this team has little to no flaws. You have that lineup of Drew Holiday, the best defender in the NBA uh, at that guard position. Then you have – who is – Who's their shooting guard? Who, who's either, starting? Either, it depends on what lineup you Jaylen want to Brown, do, probably. but it's either going to be JB, Jalen Brown, White. or uh, Derek White. Okay. They either could go Holiday, White, Brown, Tatum, Porzingis. I think that's what they will go with. Or they could go Holiday, Brown, Tatum, Horford, or Porzingis. I think that Horford. wins you more games, that, that the having lineup. Horford, Porzingis yeah. down low. I just like Derek White because that – It depends just, who you're playing. I like Derek White because that – Starting lineup with Derek White and Drew Holiday, no guard is scoring on that. If you're playing the Warriors, then I'd, you use that. Like, you use, yeah. yeah. But if you're playing a big team like the Cavs, I'd run. It See, either way, e- either if it's Horford or Derek White, it doesn't matter. That team's going to win a lot of games um, because Tatum, he's an MVP candidate. Jalen Brown is an All NBA player at that shoot, shooting guard position, and then you add Kristaps Porzingis, the seven foot three big man who could shoot from forty feet if he wants to. Um, he's going to be unstoppable. So the Celtics look really good, 62-20. and 20. I just think their bench might get them in some trouble in a couple of those games where they're facing a team with a really deep bench. Um, or Peyton those games looks like a six-man of the year. Peyton Pritchard looks really good, but I, he can't carry a bench by himself. Um, it wouldn't be by himself. It wouldn't be by himself. He's pretty, got, there's some pretty decent people. I think, yeah. for, I think their whole bench is a little bit more focused on defense than offense. Which you, you have four which, great scores on the starting lineup. You don't a thousand need. percent. So I think that's what's going to help them. But what I'm also going to say is <clears throat> Jason Tatum has those off nights, and I think those might be the nights that well, they're going to lose games. He could have all up night, but then you have Kristoff, Porzingis, Andrew Holiday, who can put up 20. I get that. But yeah, I mean, not to mention that, yeah. It's what got him knocked out of the playoffs, even with talent. Um, again, <laughs> not I'm not saying they're going to go undefeated because with that theory, they're going to go undefeated because they have so much talent, but they're not. 62-20, and 20, I think, is fair um, as the one seed. I'm not saying they're not going to be the one seed because they're oh, going to yeah, win a lot sure, of games. Sure. They're the one seed in the East, and I think they are the best team in the NBA. And that is all we have for you guys this week. Great conversations, I will say. Thank you all for tuning in to WVUA 90.7 FM and the Full Court Press Podcast. To stay up to date, follow us on Instagram at fcppodcast underscore UA. See y'all next week. Peace. WVUA FM, Tuscaloosa.